Hey, Chilies. I hope you're having an awesome fall. I am so excited because if you're listening to this, that means it is the eve of me going to a fall festival with my friends. And I'm so excited because they have apple cider donut milkshakes. <laughs> and I cannot wait. So I'll definitely let you know how that goes and all the other fun vendors that are there. I'm so stoked. I'm going with Melissa, as you guys know from previous episodes, and our other fr- friend, Manda. So it's going to be super fun. And uh, I hope you guys figured out what costume you're going to be this Halloween. It's coming up fast if you haven't. We only have two weeks. So get on the the websites. And I didn't want to promote Amazon, but get on whatever websites you use to order your costumes and get them in soon or else it's going to be too late. Uh, Other than that, I know what I'm being. I'll tell you guys later. It's hard to explain. Um, So I think I might just tell you when I have a picture to show you for reference as well. Um, But yeah, other than that, I'm having so much fun. I also started a volunteer job as a docent for the Mütter Museum, which is this really cool medical museum in Philadelphia. And I'm I'm really loving it. And I can't wait to tell you stories about this place because it's it's really cool, though I'm not sure if it's haunted. I just think it's a really cool place. And other than that, this episode for you today is another Hometown Heroes series. It's super fun. I love this comic. His name is Joe Moore. He is really, really funny, really talented. And this year, he made a Halloween album called The Mummy Forgot the Chips. So uh, it's silly. It's cute. It's family friendly. We play a song at the end of the episode. So definitely stick around for that. And I hope you enjoy the episode. You're listening to Real Chills with Meg Getz. Real scary. Real silly. Real stories. everybody welcome to real chills uh this is another one of our segments for the philly hometown heroes uh we have a very good friend of mine on the cast say hello to joe moore joe how's it going Ooh, hometown hero joe moore. <laughs> hometown adjacent you are very popular in the philly scene but you did mention you live in south philly so honorable mention <laughs> i live in south jersey south, south jersey, jersey which south should jersey. be I mean, it, for all purposes, could be annexed to Philadelphia. Is based. You're in Philly so much, I didn't even realize yeah. if that means anything. <laughs> so, I mean, that helps my first question. You have been performing in the Philadelphia scene for a very long time. How long have you been been performing here? I think technically it's like 11 years. It's wow. like 11, maybe 12 years. I I didn't like start. There wasn't a clear date that I started doing things uh, comedy wise, but like I went and saw shows for a bunch of years and then eventually right. got finagled into being up on stage and then started actually writing my own stuff and all that. And that was probably about 11 years ago or so. What was, do you remember the show where you were like, I have to do this? Like you were so like inspired where you're like, no, this is it. I'm doing it. Uh, you know what? No. And I, <laughs> I think it was, I saw so there was so much cool stuff. It's still true. I think the Philly scene is, it's the best comedy scene on the planet because there's so many weird things going on. There's so many opportunities. There's so many creative people doing stuff that like, it was the whole, the whole thing. I, I was just intrigued to go see it. And then literally someone didn't go on a, it was a panel show, uh, that, uh, a guest called out and they pulled me from the audience up to go be on that's so it's fate oh my gosh yeah right yeah. 
and you crushed it right out of the gate. Oh, of course. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't stopped. I haven't stopped crushing it since then. Well, now you crush it. I do. You are very funny, but it's like the exact opposite of like people getting their start in stand up. Like you always hear like heckler brought on stage and, you know, crushes or whatever. And you're like, that sounds you never want that to happen as a stand up. <laughs> Right. You're like, oh no, don't let them know that they yeah. can do this. <laughs> yeah, and that was once I started being on shows, then there was always one less person sitting there watching, which was like right. back in those days in a in a small theater or a small bar, that was a bit noticeable difference to not have me sitting there. It's hard losing an audience member to <laughs> to performing. <laughs> like, darn it, you were so perfect. Why did it have to change? Oh man. That's awesome. Um, okay, so yeah. So what is your favorite place to visit in Philly? It could be food, culture, comedy venue. Anything. Fergie's, probably Fergie's. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah. Do you like it for comedy reasons or just in general? You know, when I when I first was going to shows and first going to Philadelphia, I would always take the Patco in. I didn't drive unless I knew the place where I was going was too far from a Patco stop. Uh, so for like like seriously like five years i did not know where things were in relation to each other without sure. going to a patco stop first <laughs> so fergie's is right there you know like it's, it was like the it was where i would start any trip in philly or end any trip in philly it was just there and it's like a cool place there's always neat people there i i always walk in and now it feels like i at least know someone there mm -hmm. every time i go so that's the best feeling in the world when you start to know like the people that work there the people that are like always there and yeah. Fergie's is cool because it has comedy it has poetry it has live band karaoke so it's like it's got something for everybody yeah yeah i love when there's like a musician like there'll be someone just playing guitar downstairs when you go in sometimes it's like i what they do <laughs> i forget every time and then i walk in i'm like oh it's happening again <laughs> i do always get nervous when i know a lot of the so poetry comes first and then comedy. I get nervous when the poetry people stay for the comedy. Yeah. I'm like, no, this is too stupid for you guys. You need to right. go to bed with your big brains and <laughs> rest yeah. up. And then, and then you're like, you're wondering how much did they have to drink at the poetry? Yeah. Maybe it's the back of their poetry yeah. notebook <laughs> where they write their what they think are jokes and then they're going to try them. Oh, yeah. I've never seen that. I've never seen a poet try, but. Actually, that would be pretty fun. Let me ask you this. Do you think Fergie's is haunted? I've never heard that it is, but it it seems old. I'd believe it. I only think that because I've done the open mic up there a couple times and I've heard some booze. <laughs> oh, no, Joe. <laughs> not not yeah. when I was on stage. You know what I mean? Like, but. <laughs> No, well, no, but seriously, that bar is, it looks old. It looks like if I was a ghost, that's where I'd haunt it. I'm alive and I haunt Fergie's now, so. Yeah, yeah, I feel you. I mean, it is a fun place and Fergie is awesome, so. He's the best. That's funny. We've we've done one other recording and they mentioned a uh, comedy venue as well. So I have a bad feeling. <laughs> that's going to be <laughs> a different one, but that's what everyone's going to do. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. So uh, moving back to closer to the paranormal, when um, it comes to the paranormal, are you more of a skeptic or a true believer? I think I present as skeptic. Like, I think my my initial reaction to that is that I'm skeptic. But when I thought about it more, I think I 
purposely control myself and behave in a way that I would avoid any circumstance mm. to find out for sure. I'm so afraid of it. So I must totally believe in it. And like when I was in high school, we went to this um, asylum. Uh, so I went to high school in North Jersey and weird New Jersey has a, like there's that oh, magazine or whatever, or books, a series or whatever it is now. And there's all these uh, cool, creepy spots to go to. And on multiple occasions in high school, I found myself at an asylum or an abandoned building that was said to be haunted or whatever. And Meg, I never left the car. Oh, no. We You're the getaway driver. I, yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't even driving. I was I couldn't do anything. I, I couldn't have been there. I just wanted to be at home. But I would watch my friends hop a fence and go into a building. So do scary stuff. And I would just be like so frightened in the car the whole time. Um, also, when we would play like Manhunt, when, when we were kids uh, and we'd play hide and, you know, Manhunt, whatever, I would go and hide. I'd find a really, really great hiding spot and then not move because I would scare myself <laughs> so completely being there by what could be, you know, like in the shadows. Right. So, so I, you know, I was trying to think like what what was like one instance of something where I really felt the par paranormal, and I think every time that even got close, I was out of there. So it was like there was just a poof, you know, like in the in Scooby like Scooby Doo. Yeah, <laughs> I was gone. There was just a cloud in the shape of me. That's so, so funny. So you believe a lot, a lot more yeah. than you, without m many experiences at all, because you avoid it so heavily. Yeah, and I. I grew up Catholic, mm. so so ghosts were uh, we didn't call them ghosts, but they were a central idea, I think, or there were aspects of ghosts that were like, you know, the transubstantiation and stuff like that. Like, mm -hmm. so all of that stuff still kind of stuck, I think. Yeah, and made me very. I'm very aware of it, very in tune with it, and mm -hmm. usually bolting the other way or closing my eyes to where I don't see it. Oh, that's interesting. So you get vibes. Do you get like vibes from places? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely get vibes from places. I, I mean, I could just be uh, overthinking all the time, which I think that is a thing too. But but no, for sure. Like I'll, yeah, I, I, if I'm in a place where I just should not be, I'm not there anymore. I <laughs> I guess that's smart. I mean, I don't, I grew up in a haunted house, so I don't really go looking for paranormal stuff. I just had a lot of it happen uh, early on in my life. Mm. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I also think that if you close yourself off to it, we talk about this a lot on this podcast, it's probably not going to bother you. So like the reason so many people are so skeptical and they're like, well, I've never experienced anything. It's like, yeah, because you are not open like there's no connection there for for like potentially things to connect with. Yeah, and this is like not to sound too uh uh I'll just say it and then you can decide what it sounds too much like. But but like what is like truth and what is real anymore is like so it's such an abstract idea in in like in so many fundamental ways. I think I was reading this book about Greek mythology and um, the author was saying how like you have to realize these stories were written so long ago 
that every interaction that people had just in nature in some place they'd never been before was magical because yeah yeah and and like the idea that there could be sprites or uh you know things living in the water or in the bushes or whatever was just as valid as their not being there because no one knew anything and I, i believe that now we feel like we have such a strong grip on reality and and like what is explained and explainable Mm -hmm. that we like you said we kind of close ourselves off to the other stuff yeah that's a good point i think for me it's just i know there's stuff we don't know like we we know a lot but we don't know what happens when we die and we know a lot but we there's so many things that are like unexplained like ufo experiences but also just like other realities or you know, people don't believe in Bigfoot and I didn't either, but I always kind of, I sound crazy, but I also kind of changed when I say like, maybe it's something that where where it's like a different reality or like it's a time slip type, you know what I, I know that sounds insane. No, but when I think of Bigfoot, that's like, I think it's something like a being, uh, we had a guest on, I, I don't think it was Ryan Singer. I can't remember than which guest it was but um he basically described it like what if humans like broke off and like while we used learned tools and we built tools and built technology another set of humans like bigfoot gained knowledge and spirituality under gained understanding in other alternate realities you know like they just are the other half yeah anyway like the way they evolved was just differently than the way we evolved or whatever I yeah, just was like, and, that's pretty interesting. You know, I go to the Pine Barrens over the last couple of years. I take my kids down to the um, the Pine Barrens, the state parks there. And we walk on these. I trails. love it there. Yeah. And like there, there is so much space for things. You know what I mean? That, Unexplained like, things. Yeah. <laughs> and where my dad lives, he's in Northeast Pennsylvania, like north of the Poconos, almost at the New York border. And like even there, it, I get this weird feeling certain times because you can be somewhere and no one knows that you're there. Yeah. You know what I mean, and that's not a, a feeling you can really get in Philadelphia, but you can go up there. And I mean, like there's no one for almost miles, you know, from where you are like and that is weird. And it's like, yeah, there's. There's room. There's a lot of room for stuff like that to exist. Yeah, there's like a different energy. I always I I didn't realize this until I I went to Denver and I like kind of reconnected with nature. But I I feel like whenever like nature is almost kind of spiritual. And like sometimes when I'm in the woods and I'm by myself, like I feel like there is something bigger than me out there. Yeah, Um, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's like a spirit or something else, but it does. You do start to feel kind of small but not in a bad way kind of thing yeah uh yeah it's um it's weird and that's like i think the cryptid stuff is so interesting to me because it's like yeah like every cryptid i there's not one that passes me that i'm like no that wouldn't happen like each one (laughs) could be yeah possible yeah (laughs) well you said that you prepared um something for us to talk about do you want to get into it well, yeah, I, I wanted to talk about when we the time that we went to that that asylum. Yeah, that, like, 
Like, I guess that's why is that such a, a like? Did you do that as a as a teenager? Like, go exploring in places that you shouldn't have been, abandoned buildings and stuff like that. I didn't, and I regret it. I wish I had. I again, I guess because I lived in a haunted house. Like, we what did we do? We drank in the woods. That was our abandoned building. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Was, I, like that. That whole experience was something that, like, it was. Uh, I, I don't understand why that is confined to just teenage. I mean, I guess I understand, right? You're a teenager, so it's like one, you're bored. You know, like you got to go do something, uh, and and two, you really can't get in much trouble. You know? What yeah, I mean? you're not. It's not going to go on a permanent record. Like if you're under eighteen, like. I, yeah and i wish that lasted <laughs> yeah yeah where you could just kind of do crazy stuff <laughs> can, can i get arrested in a like a bombed out building in the middle of the woods for just snooping around and like not have that count for anything like that should be you should get I a, agree a legal mulligan for <laughs> one mulligan if you got yeah. caught yeah. <laughs> for, for doing something that a teenager should be doing um, yeah. But, but yeah, we went to this and I'll have, I forget the name of the place, but it was, um, I don't know what it actually was, but what I was told was that it was like an asylum, like a, a hospital for mental patients uh, in like, you know, a hundred years ago or whatever. And yeah, when I tell you, like we were there for probably about 40 minutes and I was in the car the entire time. Uh, I'm pretty sure I was by myself. I'm pretty sure all of them went in. Which is like way scarier. To That's not so scary. And uh, and I was just like, I'm gonna like look at the floor of this car and just keep looking at the floor. Like I'm not gonna look up. And like all my friends were going and doing like the fun, you know, exploring. Shit yeah. yeah. Um. Which like so first of all, if we had been arrested, I would have been the first to be caught for sure. <laughs> Yeah, you would have. Yeah, and then would you snitch your friends out, or would you just take the heat? Oh yeah, um, I would have tried to take as much heat, but I mean, it, like, I was probably I wasn't driving. I didn't drive. Oh right, you can't drive. Yeah, I forgot about so that. So it'd just part. be like if a cop pulled up and I was just sitting in the back seat of a car <laughs> just by myself. Like, I would definitely come up with some kind of story. Yeah. But um, but yeah, they they said that they heard uh. Like they heard voices and they heard like not footsteps, but banging, like they heard banging in there. And that was all when they came back and they were like, my one friend was like, was like giddy, like that it yeah. worked and was like, oh, that was so cool. And then the other two were like pretty spooked, which was enough for me to be like, um, maybe I made the right call staying in the car. But yeah, that, that whole uh, I'm glad I had that experience. I wish I had gone in. I can't do that now. So that's no. just like. Just that's a how I feel. Like, I wish I, I, I was such a good kid. I was so like scared of getting reprimanded. Like even like a warning would just like upset me. <laughs> and yeah. now I'm like, oh, warnings don't matter. Go explore abandoned buildings and have fun. I was a goody two shoes for a long time. Yeah, and you're doing it with the crew, you know, like that's a bonding experience that I totally missed out on because I was just sitting in the car. <laughs> but but yeah, I, I think that that story I wanted to bring because it was one, I think it's the closest that I ever got to anything supernatural happening. And uh, I totally missed it. 
I also think it's hilarious that you still went, right? Like you could have <laughs> just stayed home and like the air conditioning and like just saw your buddies when you saw them. But you're like, I'm not going to miss everything. I'm still going to be in the car, but yeah yeah that's like going to like going to tailgate and just staying in the car like yeah. hey, i'm gonna go do this cool thing awesome great let me come i'll and be there yeah i didn't even have a cell phone to look at man i was just bored you're just sitting bored. yeah scared out of my mind but not doing anything <laughs> see i feel like if you're watching a scary movie you're the person that gets it first because yeah. you're the first one separated from the group you know that feels totally appropriate for me because that's also the first person who has a definitive proof right <laughs> and yeah. can't do anything with it because they got got because they got caught yeah, yeah. <laughs> just like exact that's exactly where i would want to be i'd want to be the one who knows yeah it's jason all right but <laughs> <laughs> i always feel bad for the first person in scary movies like they didn't even get a chance to fight like it was just over so fast are there any of the victims that you don't feel bad for in scary movies? Like the guy who who convinced them to go, even though they had a bunch of warning signs. I never feel bad for that guy. I'm like, come on, dude. Yeah. Um, or the ones that are just like mean, you know, where you're like, God, I, like they're abusive to their friends. And you're like, I cannot wait <laughs> to see this dude get a knife because he's talking a lot, you know. Yeah, that's when I was a kid, uh, I would friends would watch horror movies all the time. And it was the same thing. I, I saw Leprechaun. I saw um, Halloween. I saw Friday the 13th. And I saw Nightmare on Elm Street between my fingers. <laughs> my friend's couch when I was too young. All the kids in my neighborhood were like a year or two older than me. Mm. That's my excuse for why I'm such a sure. cat. <laughs> but I think, but now as I grew older, I have such an appreciation for horror that I didn't have when I was younger. And so totally. now I love this. I love this stuff so much. I mean, my favorite is, yeah, the like the jock, like the the mean guy. There's always a guy who who like totally deserves it. Absolutely. Yeah. What an incredible gift of the horror genre to like almost without fail every time there you kind of are rooting for michael myers a little you're kind of rooting for jason Voorhees a little because their backstories are underdog stories in a way you know what i mean it's like oh they were bullied and it's like yeah you shouldn't kill them but i know this movie's fake and it is like kind of like a release to see like a bully get their comeuppance you know you're yeah. like oh that feels right the world is fair again yeah, yeah yeah it's like a minor villain in the yeah. story that you can you get the satisfaction of seeing them if they could just stop with that guy i'd almost be like let him go <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but they always gotta kill like everybody i'm like oh especially like i uh, okay tm tm if i ever write this i always wanted to write like if i write a horror movie i was thinking about what would be the most heartbreaking thing i could do and i think what i would do is i'd have a person escape but realize they left their dog and they come back for the dog and they get killed, but the dog lives. Oh, that's amazing. Isn't that so oh, effed up? I love that the dog lives. Thank you for doing that. Oh, I mean, I wouldn't kill the dog, but it's still heartbreaking because I think we'd all make the same. We'd all want to do that, right? Like we'd all want to go back for our dog. Yeah. And like, I mean, the dog lives, but does it? Because like if it's the dog's it's own, owner, you know, yeah, that's like, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Did Isn't you that upsetting? Yeah. yeah. Uh, write that down. Mail it to yourself. So it makes it. 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> Goes back for the dog and dies. Damn. Yeah, people would be really mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a weird thing about fear. I've talked about this long podcast. Sorry, guys. But there's this thing called Alice in where I live, and it's basically an aqueduct. And you have to climb down like this manhole. And then it's just like six feet of ladder and just open space all around you all the way down. And the ladder's fine. And I never knew I had this fear, but I tried to go into the manhole and it's like cement hole for like probably three feet. And I was having a meltdown and I have never been afraid of anything I've always been able to force myself to do stuff, even though I felt a little scared. But this was one of those things where I ended up doing it, but it took a, it took so much mental energy to get myself in that hole. And it wasn't, I was like, my little brother was the one who took us. And he's like, I've had my guy friends who are six feet, 300 pounds of this hole. And I'm like, but when I got into the hole, it felt like I was surrounded. It did not feel like there was any space at all. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to get stuck in this cement and you're going to have to call a fire department to get me out of a viaduct. I, I'm just imagining me being there with you and standing and just I would just look at a manhole the whole time. I would not go in. I, would just <laughs> just be, I was so scared. And then I knew I had to face it again to get out. And I, he literally had to pull me. I was like, get me out, get me out. And there's like video and I'll, you can hear me just like hyperventilating in the background. <laughs> like. I wouldn't recommend facing your fear sucks. I didn't feel good. I was like, that was horrifying. I hated that. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah. That's uh, I, I don't, I wouldn't do, I wouldn't do that. I don't think I could, I don't think I could uh, force myself through that. Cause just the idea, I, I don't, yeah, I don't think I'm claustrophobic until I get anywhere close to it. I never thought that. Where, yeah. But I not, thought I, I could always force myself to do it. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I'm saying the same thing you're saying. Yeah. I, once I get into a tight space, then I'm like, oh shit, I am, I am claustrophobic, and this sucks. My brother's like, this is like a, a, a normal size manhole. Big dudes get in these all the time, and I'm like, I don't know how, how they do this because it is. He's like, they're wearing equipment when they do it, and I was just like, this feels, this feels so terrible. I can't even. Was it worth it? It was nice. It was it was fun. The adrenaline was cool. Like I definitely got like that high dose of like adrenaline. Like if I was a thrill seeker or something, you'd see me in viaducts all over. But <laughs> but I'm not that type of person. Like it was like I definitely slept really good that night. That was cool. But I only want to go back because I want to see Dan do it. And Dan's like, no, I don't want to do it. <laughs> I'm like, okay, well, then I'm not going back. But if I can convince Dan, then I'll go back just to see if he's he's able to. Can we talk about where this is or do you not want to talk about that? Do you want to go to Alice? We can go. I would, I would, I would check it out. I'll, I'll be a good uh, lookout guy while you guys go do scary stuff. <laughs> no, we can, We might. We don't even have to go into the hole. Like, if you didn't want to, I'm not doing it. But we could definitely, it is really close to Main Street because we went there after to is like it, eat. And is it like a haunted place? Like once you get there, is it scary there or no? So it's, it's literally, it's like a viaduct. So it's like a cement bridge over water. Yeah. So when you climb down this hole, it's like you're in like the cement, like 
structure and it's all graffitied. So it looks really, really cool. It's really, really cool for pictures if you want to take cool, weird, like urban exploring pictures. But mm. it's not haunted as far as I know. Mm. Uh, we're not supposed to be there. Like we saw, I guess, some sort of uh, boat police. My little brother's like, oh, we got to get out of here. Because they were like on the thing and they're like, they're going to come check on us in a little bit. So <laughs> we were like, all right, time to skedaddle. Uh, I was doing the adults, the, the kids stuff as an adult, like you said. <laughs> it's like, we gotta, we gotta scram. But um, luckily they were on a boat, so they had to get all the way around to, mm. back, to get back to us. We, we should definitely go. I'll make, if you go, I think Dan would go. And then we can get food on Main Street. And you can yeah. go to Frazetti's because you've never, you said you've never been there. It's yeah. a horror store. It's really cool. Whoa. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. It has like costumes and just all kinds of cool stuff. How long has it been there? Was it there like, like forever? Yeah. I haven't been there either. It's so funny. That was the first time I went that day and it's really fun. I was like That's so mad. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, I prepared a story or two for you if you want to hear them. Right on. When the sports world was introduced to two new team names within a week, comedian Dave Primiano told his friend and fellow comedian Dan Getz, we should do a limited series podcast where we rank all the team names in sports. And they did just that. And after they were done, they decided, hey, let's just keep ranking stuff. Thus was born the Rank Bank, where each week they are joined by a panel of experts, aka fellow comedians, to rank all things ranging from the unimportant to the really unimportant. New episodes drop on Mondays and sometimes Tuesday if it's a two-parter. Be sure to follow them on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore rank underscore bank. Since you have a Halloween album coming out, I found two cursed songs we could talk about. Yeah. The first one's really fast, uh, but I had to do it. In the Philippines. It's believed the song My Way by Frank Sinatra might be cursed. According to PhilippinesUrbanLegends.com in the article titled My Way Curse, karaoke bars and machines at special events are really popular in Filipino culture. People have begun to believe My Way is cursed because six people have been killed either by being shot or through a physical fight while singing this song. Mm -hmm. It's become so widely known that some bars and restaurants have deleted the song from their playlist just to be safe. Wow. That's Isn't that fun? In the Philippines, they're singing my way so much. It's perfect. upsetting to uh, If you're doing karaoke, perfect song to die to. <laughs> yeah. it, it is, though. I wouldn't even be... Mm, I'd be a little mad, but to die to oh. my way... Sure, I, I would be mad, I, but I would be less mad than if I had died to, like, tub-thumping. <laughs> yeah, or... true. Uh, toxic is just playing in the background. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. Yeah, it is a good song to die to. I've never thought of that before. I didn't no, do, know they just knew that song. Do you think that the song is, is haunted, or do you think that it, there's something about the song that makes people want to kill the person singing it? I've never wanted to kill Frank Sinatra. Ever. I haven't either. I, I, I'm not a big fan. I don't love him. But when I hear him sing that song or any other song, I'm not 
provoked into violence. I was going to say, in general, Frank Sinatra doesn't incite me to like want to fist fight my friends. <laughs> you know, it's a very like chill. But I think of Frank Sinatra songs, My Way is like probably a pretty hype song. Yeah. And it's like, I wonder, six, right? Six people, you said? Six people, yeah. So there's got to be at least one. One of those six has to be like, you're not singing it right. You're yeah. <laughs> <laughs> big finish you gotta really hit it you didn't hit it. <laughs> yeah i mean i feel like that's also a song that you play when you're like saying f you to somebody right so maybe that's what it is like there's already drama and they're like i'm just gonna take this Maybe karaoke I'll time yeah, <laughs> i'm gonna express my resentment towards specifically this person through a karaoke <laughs> microphone <laughs> I do like the idea of bouncers hearing like the intro. What is the intro to that song? And then being like, oh, mother F, we're going to have to pay attention to this. Yeah. The, in the intro to My Way, I think, is like, a all right, give it up for our next performer. We got Zach coming up to sing My Way. My, <laughs> <laughs> my Way. <laughs> the, all the drinks just stop. Like all the noise in the room just goes to a hush. And they're like, yeah. oh, this guy's going to die. <laughs> yeah. Going to die. But get in here. Someone's going to die. I can't think of any karaoke songs that if I heard them, I'd be like, somebody should kill this guy. Yeah. How about, uh, I mean, it's still a Frank Sinatra song, but New York, New York would be one. That would right? be a good one. So you get so tired of New Yorkers talking about how great New Yorkers are. And that song is just. It, <laughs> you know, I do think it'd be really funny to see a New Yorker sing New York, New York, like in Philadelphia, though. Yeah, yeah, like do pull that shit up in Boston and then watch. We're gonna do first Frank Sinatra yeah, try karaoke. it in Boston, see what happens. That would be really ballsy. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I feel like Boston, though, you might earn their respect. Where in Philly, they would just beat the shit out of you. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know. I can't think you, of. What are you, a fucking Met? <laughs> Is that what you are? <laughs> Forget about it or whatever. My dad is that type of Italian New Yorker guy, but it didn't rub off on me. I always I joke like whenever this was a riff that I never knew how to turn into a joke. But this like very um, stereotypical Italian guy went up and was like, hey, my family, blah, blah, blah. And I went up and I'm like, I'm Italian, too, but my dad was adopted. So I'm not the bad kind. <laughs> 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 like I don't have any of that. Like I'm a ghoul in me. <laughs> Everybody, I know exactly what you mean by the bad kind. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. Yeah. I could never figure out how to do it in stand up yeah. though, but that's just, you know, it didn't rub off on me. Thank gosh. Okay. So this next story is a little bit longer. So feel free to cut in on me if this is going too long. So the next. Oops, sorry. I guess what country it is. Is it the U.S.? It's not the U.S. What this next one is? Yeah. It is the U.S., yeah. It is? Okay. All right. Are you going to guess the song? Well, I know of another cursed song, but I think it was a song that was recorded in the U.S., but it was considered kind of like my way was it's considered cursed somewhere else. But anyway, you just get to it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, if you remember what song, do you know what song it is that you're talking about? I do, but if I guess the wrong song, I'm I'm ruining it. Right? I want to hear it. No, what what do you think? I don't think you're gonna guess it. That's why I'm you, pretty confident. Is it about a day of the week? 
No. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Never mind. I got. I have a. I have a different song right now. <laughs> okay. Um. So my song. Uh. I want to talk about "Love Roller Coaster" by Ohio Players. So according to the article "Love Roller Coaster" by Ohio Players, did a woman die for this number one hit by Jacob Jacob Shelton? Really blowing. Uh. The surprise. The Ohio Players "Love Roller Coaster" was an instant funk classic, haunted by a morbid urban legend. The single was released on November 9th, 1975, and driven by an epic hook, reached number one spot on the U.S. charts on January 31st. But what listeners believe to be a scream of a possibly murdered woman is what made the song notorious. The band recorded and released Honey in 1975, featuring the single Love Rollercoaster. And it included a scandalous cover showing October 1974 Playmate of the Month, Esther Cordette in the nude, covering herself with honey. Upon its release, the racy cover was the first thing the audience noticed, but it wasn't long before strange theories sprung up around the band. The band members state that a radio DJ claimed that the sound of a scream came from a murder victim. And without much prompting, the, of course, and without much prompting, the American public took the story and ran with it. Uh, the story goes that the honey or honey colored molten plastic fused itself to her skin and the sounds of her screams while it was being removed made its way onto the recording. Of course, that assumes the band was recording the song and shooting the album's cover art at the exact same time. <laughs> Could be if they're really efficient. Uh, another version of the story featuring Cordette says that she showed up to the studio to demand compensation from the band for her horrific burns and the band's manager killed her in the studio and the band recorded the whole thing. None of it really makes sense, but it's an interesting story. Moving away from Cordette, who is still alive and well, <laughs> there are numerous theories as to where the scream on Love Rollercoaster comes from. Some of the less far-fetched theories surmise the band used the real audio of someone falling to their deaths from a roller coaster. Um, which could be possible. Um, some fans believe that the band procured a 911 call and mixed a scream from the audio into their song. That has happened in songs, but it's more something you're likely to hear in industrial music than classic 70s funk. Uh, none of the urban legends surrounding the song are true, and what makes the whole thing so strange is the way in which people glommed onto it so easily. The scream actually comes from their keyboardist, Billy Beck, but... The reason it kind of spread like wildfire is because the band realized they sell more records if they don't talk about it. And then they just wouldn't talk about it when asked publicly. Oh, wow. <laughs> Isn't that fun? I'm trying to think. I don't even know if I know how this song goes. Is it like it? Should mm -hmm. I know Love Roller Coaster? Do you know Love Roller Coaster? I didn't know it before I heard this article. This, the The urban legend of that it was a, re a recording of someone falling from a roller coaster to their death is like so on the nose and fake. It's unbelievable <laughs> that like the person even like typed that in. Like, <laughs> I love that because, you know, nowadays here, I'll play like a little bit for you, like. Roller coaster. Because I feel like nowadays it makes sense that people would have recordings of that, but um, back then, how do they have that? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Yeah, and that was, uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers covered that song, right? Yeah, yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean, they uh, also got a murder victim involved. <laughs> <laughs> 
that's probably a haunted version uh, <laughs> too yeah no there's ah there's another song but you know what and i don't want to do stuff that i know will get cut so maybe we shouldn't talk about it but no why would it get cut there's this other song i think it's probably too heavy because oh. i think it is like based in something that is like really depressing that's okay but you just like trigger warning this next part is gonna be a little sad we don't really shy away from like bummer stuff you just google it real quick because this is kind of it is kind of scary gloomy sunday first yeah this is i should have prepared this but <laughs> that's okay maybe it's just interesting and then we could talk about something else but they call it the hungarian suicide song it's detrimental to wartime morale oh okay so this is a song that is believed to trigger suicides gloomy sunday also known as the hungarian suicide song is a song composed by hungarian pianist rezo serres and published in 1933 the original lyrics were titled vg avilagnik the world is ending well with a name like that i do <laughs> i'm closer <laughs> i shouldn't joke about that i'm sorry um oh, yeah <laughs> but that is Somewhere, uh, I feel like it, I press reported to. in the 1930s associated with at least 19 suicides, both in Hungary and America. Wow. Although the deaths are hard to verify except for one. The composer committed suicide. He survived jumping out of a window. Oh, Jesus Christ. All right. So, yeah. So that's kind of a bummer and maybe not. Wow. Not something, not something to bring up. But that's what I thought you were going to hit me with. Was no. You know, I think I saw that like on like the list when I was looking. But I saw Hungarian and I saw the name and I was like, I don't have the mental brain space. So maybe that's what everyone should do. And only when they're in a good mental health space, should they like look into the information. Yes. But I mean, I, there's a couple. There's also like I'll do an honorable mention. I didn't do any research. I listened to this podcast. It's called This Paranormal Life. And they covered a haunted like Japanese commercial. That apparently, like, I don't know, it's supposed to, like, you're supposed to die after you watch it. It's, like, just really creepy. There's mm. something about it that just unsettles people, but it was kind of the same vibe. You know, it's this creepy music, and uh, there's Uncanny Valley in the video, and oh. it just kind of unsettled. It, it's weird because music can have such an effect on people and their emotions and their headspace. Yeah. Well, you know... You should have some kind of bell or alarm or something because I got real chills as we were talking. So, Did you? Yeah, <laughs> That's yeah. fun. But I, I will I will say the other side of that and uh, music being haunted and haunting. Um, th the reason that I started doing writing these songs is because it, like I I wasn't able to perform comedy and I wasn't able to see a bunch of the people who I love to see and do a bunch of the stuff that I love to do and. And I wanted to have fun. And well, two years ago, I guess, for Father's Day, my family got me this like record of Halloween novelty music. Like, mm -hmm. no, you know, like, and it was so fun. It's like so silly. And it's the and, best. Like, it's like pretty poorly produced or like at least rushed. You could tell they did a lot of one takes and stuff like that. And so that was the idea was that like I wanted to give myself something to do that I, it was just fun just right. purely fun to do and that's how i started doing this and it was back in january so now it's wow October. that's so exciting yeah so let's 
let's name this project. So the reason we have you on is because you have a Halloween album coming out this October called The Mummy Forgot the Chips by Joe Moore's Halloween Garage. So this album that you received as a gift was what inspired you kind of to make it? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, and like the idea of Halloween music, <laughs> I guess I, I have a lot of friends who are really into horror movies and that's just like something that exists. Like you're aware yeah. of music in those movies uh, so much and and that there's like, you know, a friend of mine was telling me he read in this book I always have to attribute it to him because it's not my, this is not my thing that I thought of, but like in the sixties, before the sixties and the, the, really the Beatles made rock music, capital A art. Mm. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Like art, like being in a band, you could make artistic statements that were like as commonly respected as famous paintings and poetry and stuff like that. And that, like, there was this weird time in the fifties and early sixties there where like, you could just have shitty music, right? Like, silly music, and it was like industrial line created type of music. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like without it feeling like it was like pouring any emotion into. And I think as a like a when I was in bands and when I was playing guitar in high school and stuff, I was always kind of stunted by the enormity of singing or the enormity of writing a song and feeling like I had to say something. And when I heard that music, I was like, these guys are just having fun. Like, it just sounds it's goofy fun. and silly and catchy. Yeah. And so that's that's where it all that's where it all happened. I was like, I just want to write something fun and silly and and do, you know, like make what when I listen to that record of Halloween novelty music, I want to put that in people's heads with that feeling. So uh, it felt like a really low stakes. It does. I knew it didn't have to sound good. You know, so like I didn't have that pressure on right. me. Um, and it was so it just became really fun. Is Halloween <laughs> your your favorite holiday? It is now. Yeah, <laughs> it is now after making the songs. I've been thinking about it a lot for nine months. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I probably it probably is. I think um, everything about it is cool. The fall is awesome. The weather is cool. Mm -hmm. It's the one that I most associate with horror movies by a long shot right which is awesome too um, i think the food during the fall is the best too like pumpkins apples yeah all, soups come back so warm drinks yeah wine is like great it's awesome it's fun and that's the only time that you can do it like you can't do that in the summer you know like yeah um yeah i, I think ha halloween's it halloween's awesome that's sweet. Um, what was your favorite song or what is your favorite song after creating? You know what? I I really like there's this one song that I wrote that is like as I started doing this and committed to the idea of making an album's worth, I had ended up kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel, both in terms of like of like song ideas and uh what they kind of sound like. Cause like the first couple I think sound like really monster mashy and like really silly. Cool. And then there's this one song that I it is like it's not on the nose like the other songs, but it's called Parking Lots Full.
it's re it sounds really ratty. The recording is really bad, uh, but I love it. And the idea of the song is at the parking lot at the like if you've ever been to a funeral at a cemetery or a graveyard or whatever, they like have such little parking lots. <laughs> okay. <laughs> there's little parking lots, and then there's these like little networks of like one lane. Yeah. Kind of connect everything. So the idea was that uh, Dracula gets to the monster party at the graveyard too late and all the parking spots are taken up. So he's got to park on one of those weird, like crummy roads and has to walk over a ditch to get back to the party. So funny. Yeah. But it doesn't come across in the song at all. If you listen to it and you miss the words Dracula and Frankenstein, you probably wouldn't even know it was a Halloween song. (laughs) Sure. It doesn't, it doesn't really like fit that much, but I love it. I think the song is cool. That's awesome. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to hear it. Um, which song was the most difficult to make? Uh, the the second to last song on the album, I think, is is a song called, uh, it was called The Mummies At Your Back. It's a mummy song. Uh, and now I think it's called Just Give The Mummy His Stuff Back. <laughs> The, re- the reason that it was difficult to make was because I don't sing on it. Oh. So there, a friend of mine on Twitter had posted a thing. He had in his timeline, like tweets side by side of people. I was, I talked, tweeted about writing mummy songs and then someone else he follows tweeted about writing songs about dying and songwriting. So funny. And so he was like joking, like, Hey, you guys want to collaborate? So I hit the guy up. I was like, Hey, you want to sing on this song? And uh, I met this guy, Ryan, who I never, I didn't know this guy. I sent him the files. I still have never met him, but he ended up singing, playing drums and playing bass on the song. Was he good? Was he like great? Super talented. And after years of hearing me and my limited abilities to sing and play instruments, to hear like someone who actually like records music do it was like mind blowing to me. (laughs) It sounded so professional. Yeah, and then like he, I had to get someone else to mix it for me because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. So, so that became a a, a real task. Uh, to Jeez. Collect. Yeah, but the song sounds awesome. Like, and I can say that because I'm only a little. You pretty. didn't do a lot of. You just wrote it. <laughs> yeah, like I can't listen to the other songs and be like, doesn't the bass sound awesome on this? Because one, there's no bass. I don't have a bass, so there's no bass. <laughs> but, uh, but. It's someone else playing, so I can be like, "Yeah, that sounds great." <laughs> That's so cool. So, when this album comes out, who is the like, what demographic or who is the audience? Who do you think is going to be enjoying this, listening, putting it on repeat? Uh, me. <laughs> <laughs> Just you. Just uh, me, you. Me, maybe Dressed, like Dracula. <laughs> yeah, the, the family's getting kind. Of, I, they're they're into it. They're really into it. But I imagine at some point they're going to get kind of sick of it because we, you know, as the songs have been coming, they've been hearing them a lot. Oh, that's but, so but exciting! I, you know, I truly think that um, I think it sounds good. Like I've been listening to it as a whole album as we get closer to it coming out, and like it's very specific. I think 
I don't think this will get played on the radio. Mm-hmm. I don't think I will end up on a billboard charts for this, of course. But I do think that there are people who like listen to this type of music, like just silly, fun, party music. And uh, I think that once I put it out there, it would be great if over the years it it found an audience of people who dig stuff like that. But That's kind of how horror is, right? Like there's there's like mainstream, but then there's always like these little niche pockets. And I almost think like with comedy, that's what I want too. where I don't need a million fans, but to have like 20 that are just really into the thing you did, like is priceless pretty much. Yeah. 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 And like, I think that that idea of like, you can have, you can find an audience. It's so, it feels so attainable now. Mm -hmm. I'm not just stuck to where I am and the people who are immediately around me, you know, like it, and and this thing like uh, yeah i'm just gonna put it out there and then it's just out there and whoever finds it finds it and i I feel like there's a good chance that people who are really into this stuff will find it and And that feels exciting to me that's that's really cool that is really cool i'm really excited releasing stuff is so fun when you work on a project for a long time it's it's really cool to see people finally get to hear it yeah yeah i I've, i've never had anything i don't think i've ever done anything quite like this um and i'm already i'm passively thinking about next year's album i was like yeah why the hell not really you're gonna make another one why not why not just do this every year right i mean like i gave myself nine months to do this which like i have a i have a dumb busy life that i don't have time to do all this stuff but um i found it you Mm -hmm. know i probably find it again and maybe after five years they just have five halloween albums that'd be crazy (laughs) Then you'll be the Halloween album guy. It'll be your thing. Yeah. I mean, you you know, that was John Carpenter's plan with Halloween, right? At one point, he was, he didn't want to make Halloween 2 a direct sequel to Halloween. Oh, I did know that. Which he ended up doing with Halloween 3. He doesn't have Michael Myers in it. It's just a totally different story. And his idea was every year at Halloween, put out a new Halloween-themed movie that didn't have Michael Myers in it and didn't work out. But I liked the weird one. I thought it was really fun. Yeah. So good. Yeah. That's so fun. So you're going to be the John Carpenter of silly Halloween songs. (laughs) I got, ring the bell because I just got real (laughs) chill. Watch out, world. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so exciting. Um, So where can people find this this stuff? It's, It's on Bandcamp. Uh, and my Bandcamp page is thejoemore.bandcamp.com. And it's called The Mummy Forgot the Chips. Uh, check it out. There's there's going to be, I'm going to make some music videos in October. So there's probably music videos. Ooh. They're not out by the time you're listening to this. They're on their way. So stay tuned. But um, And you're doing some live shows, right? Yes. Yeah, yeah. Live shows. Uh, October 1st. When is this coming out? After, definitely after. So that went great. That show was awesome. Joe rocked it. Yeah, it no, but that's that's perfect because that one, I'm just doing it by myself with a friend from DC's up in town. So that's kind of like a weird, the full band shows are going to be on October 17th, 21st okay. and 26th. It'll be out before that. So yeah. listeners can definitely check that out and should. That's going to be going to be a party. Maybe dress up in costume. Totally. And costumes, costumes, totally invited. Uh, if you like getting dressed up in costume, come to one of our shows. I'll probably pull you up stage, up on stage and have something for you to sing or read. <laughs> oh, my 
Oh, I'm so excited. I'm definitely going. Um, I don't want to wrap up too fast. Is there anything about the album that you wanted to talk about that I didn't bring up? Um, no pressure if you're, what? you're coming. I, but... I, I, I didn't curse on it. There's no cursing. Good I didn't. Job. Want to be, and and I wanted it to be family friendly because I, when I would record music, my kids were around, so I didn't want to be saying silly stuff. I don't. I don't want. I don't want to say anything that I don't want them to say. But there's one part where I talk about Dracula putting blood on chips at the party, like a bowl of chips, and I feel like that's kind of maybe yeah, a little too kids. graphic. Yeah, it's so silly. I mean, okay, if you were like you went into how we got the anyway i don't have kids i am not the person to talk to about this so I, I guess you're warning parents out there there is a a bloody chip situation but that is um when i think of silly halloween songs i i do imagine it being like very clean i think of like the one-eyed one-horned purple people eater or the monster mash things like that where it's just like zany i guess is the only way i would describe it like super zany yeah yeah i would say at least 60 percent of this album is pretty zany oh yeah and then the rest of it like it feels maybe a little bit more like rock and roll stuff but it's just about it's still about draculas and frankensteins and mummies and stuff so can we play one of your songs at the end of the episode yeah absolutely great uh finally where can people follow you uh i'm on social media all of them at the joe moore Sweet. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the show and being a hometown hero and making Philly slash South Jersey a better spooky place. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you. Great. Uh, and do you want to intro your song? Yeah, we'll play the the title track, the titular song, The Mummy Forgot the Chips from the album, The Mummy Forgot the Chips. from the Wasted Robot Network.
For more information, and links to other shows please visit www.wastedrobotrecords.com slash podcasts. Just.